Hello everyone, I'm Len Vermillion, Editorial Director of Heart Energy, and we are here today with Christian Johansson, Chief Executive of TGS, and we're going to talk a little ESG and maybe technology and, and even maybe some other stuff. So, Christian, welcome. Thank you for being here today. So, Thank you very much for having me. Right. Why don't we start out, um, you know, I know you're you're really interested in the ESG side of things, which we are too, and I think everybody will have to be. But um, why don't you, from your point of view, what are the big questions that remain for this industry about ESG? We're just really kind of getting into it at full scale at this point. So I'm, what, what's your take on the entire ESG and oil and gas industry and where do we have to look right now? <laughs> Sure, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of focus on, on ESG, obviously, and, and this is partly driven by, by investors and shareholders and, mm -hmm. uh, and obviously by the board of directors as well. So um, I, think, I think, first of all, I would say that it tends to be a, a very strong focus on E, which is, which is obviously critical for all of us. But we shouldn't forget the S and the G as well. And uh, I think while, while questions around a cohesive way to measure scope-free emissions and how exactly to achieve net zero targets remain work in progress. It's, it's easy to focus on these environmental questions when talking about ESG and to forget that the industry has made strong contributions to the social and governance areas, so the, the S and the G. So expanding access to affordable energy is one of the key drivers behind improving the standard of living across the globe, as you know. So the oil and gas industry continues to be vital for moving people out of poverty and improving health and life expectancy, particularly in, in the developing world, of course. So while mitigating the harmful impacts from oil and gas, it is instrumental that we're also able to contain and even enhance the positive contributions to the standard of living globally. So, so that's, that's kind of one of, the, one of the things I wanted to bring up there that obviously that strong focus on, on E that we're all you know, obligated to, 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 uh, to do something about, but, but also keep focusing on the S and, and the G, which are also quite critical for our industry. Yeah, very good point. And so I would want to know from where from your standpoint from a technology company, um, you know, subsea imaging, seismic, whatever, however you want to look at it, uh, where does a company like yours fit into this whole uh, issue of ESG? And I would think you'd have a really big role in the S&G part that you're pointing out, you know, from a technology standpoint. Yeah, I think, you know, we're a, we're a seismic company and, and uh, we're, an, we're an asset light seismic company, meaning that we don't have our own vessels and, uh, and, and trucks or, or equipment to acquire uh, seismic data onshore. Uh, but we're a big investor in, in seismic projects, meaning that we're indirectly, we, we obviously have a, a significant carbon footprint through our suppliers. Mm -hmm. So um, at the same time, we're also a, a technology company. I mean, we're, we're working on developing new technologies for being more efficient in our processing and imaging, for example. So obviously we put a lot of efforts into that as well. So from your point of view, if I'm hearing you correctly, in, in a way, you're sort of on both sides of this. You're looking at your suppliers and they'll have to be able to help you be more um, ESG friendly. And you're also helping the operators that you work with, right? Is, am I reading that correctly? That, that's right. So, so typically, you know, the operator would um, 
put a, a requirement on, on TGS in order for us to, uh, to, to deliver seismic or acquire seismic on their behalf. And then we would basically uh, set that same type of requirement to, to our suppliers. I think we're, we're all in the, in the same boat in, in, right. in a way. And is that becoming, and we know it's a huge issue for investors these days, but is that also then becoming a big part of the service contract negotiations? Is that actually becoming part of it that you must have the meet these certain requirements to be a vendor of ours? In Absolutely. So yeah. we've seen that to a, a larger and larger degree over the past, uh, I would say probably a year, year and a half, where we started to see a change. And, and obviously entering into a contract today with a, a super major is, uh, is, is getting more and more, you know, tougher and tougher requirements in terms of the due diligence. And, uh, and you obviously need to have a track record. You need to show that you can trust your suppliers and that your suppliers, again, comply with the same regulations and that kind of stuff. So uh, this, is, this is getting more important. And I think, as I said initially, you know, it's, it's partly driven by, the investor market and, and people invest in our companies, of course. Um, so you talked at the beginning a little bit about not forgetting the S and the G, and that's obviously corporate governance and, and sustainability So um, and social. So, um, you know, we hear a lot about as the energy transition goes on in terms of energy poverty and so forth. So if, do you have any thoughts on that? Like how do we avoid uh, getting too deep into the E that we, forget about the S and the G here. Oh, it's, it's, it's a big dilemma right now, and it's, it's tough. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, while, while we're obviously very supportive to renewable initiatives, and, and even TGS as a seismic company are, are looking at ways to, you know, utilize our core competences within renewables because the industry is growing so fast, then we, we have a long way to go. So if you look at the predicted energy mix in 2040, you know, even with a significant growth in renewables, you will still see that there is a, a shortfall because demand for energy will just continue to grow with a, with a, a population growth. So, so I, it's, it's a big dilemma for all of us. And I think we just need to, to, to work hard together, collaborate and, and make sure that we can reduce our carbon footprint at the same time that we're also able to, to serve the world with the energy that, that it needs. And we want to continue to take people, people out of poverty and, and we have to continue doing that. But at the same time, we need to do it in a, in a very responsible way. And I think the industry has a lot of very, very good initiatives in that regard. I mean, there are you know, industry organizations who are working on our behalf. There are certainly um, super majors who are working together and, and collaborating on some of these efforts. You know, I would mention a few initiatives that you've seen within carbon capture and storage, for example, where a company like TGS also can, can play an important role because we you know, typically use seismic to find oil, but you can also use seismic to find empty reservoirs where you can use as storage for, for carbon. So, I mean, there's a lot of research going into carbon capture and storage right now that I'm, I'm actually quite excited about that because as I said, you, you still need oil and gas, even in 20 years or 30 years or 40 years, you just need to find a way to, to make it cleaner. And that's what we're all working for. Um, we, we've talked a lot about the majors and how you know, it's, it's different work with that. Is it different working with the smaller independents as well? Have they also come aboard this, this chain of um, this movement, I guess, I'm, for lack of a better word? 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're getting there. I, I think this, this started probably, it's, it's probably fair to say it's, it started in Europe 12 to 18 months ago. And, and we've seen until quite recently, we've seen a, a stronger push in Europe compared to North America. Mm-hmm. But then over the past three or six months, we're seeing that North America is also um, following up on this and, and obviously taking this very seriously. And, and, uh, and right now, I think the, the entire industry, regardless of geography or regardless of size of your company, is very concerned about ESG and, and uh, very keen on, on complying with the ESG regulations, whatever they, they may be for that industry. Do you think this market that we're in right now in 2020, which um, obviously not good, um, do you think it, it just really accelerates the effort towards being you know, environmentally savvy um only if it's more about cost maybe i'm not sure you know it's, it's a good question and uh, i think there are you know two school of thoughts in a way i think um, you may argue that now is the time to really step up your focus on on renewables and and uh, carbon capture and storage and that kind of stuff at the same time i mean we're all we're also you know under significant pressure now the entire industry whether you're in all service or you're an operator, you're, you're losing money every day with the current oil price. And, uh, and we all need to be you know, financially disciplined in terms of where we spend our cash. And uh, so I, I don't know the answer yet. I think you, you will see over the next you know, six, 12 or 18 months. Uh, but I think we're all part of that balancing act, so to say. Do you think the effort maybe from your point of view or just in general from the industry towards R&D, towards technology will change because of the focus on um, the environment or even efficiency going forward? Yeah, I I think there's going to be some some extremely interesting opportunities coming out of this because obviously this is a, this is a, um, it's going to be a significant pressure on the entire industry in terms of license to operate, right? You know, you, you, you cannot do whatever you did five years ago. There is going to be more focus on, as I said, carbon capture and storage. We need probably a, a higher portion of the energy mix coming from renewables in the future, you know, that kind of stuff. But that also brings up great opportunities and, uh, and opportunities for companies like TGS, but also other, you know, whether you're a service company or, or an EMP. And, and also companies outside the traditional oil and gas area. I mean, if you look at companies like Amazon or Google, I mean, they're, they're to, a, to a larger degree getting involved in, in you know, very, very interesting oil and gas projects where they could help the industry to, to get more efficient, you know, helping the industry um, work more efficiently with data, for example, which is our part of the game, of course. Uh, so, so you will you will hardly see any operator or even service company who who don't have some kind of a collaboration with, you know, whether it's Microsoft or Google or Amazon and, and those guys. So that's that's quite interesting. I think these guys also add a new dimension to our industry in terms of uh, it is getting a more more interesting in many ways. Speaking of new dimensions, um, if we can talk people for a moment, because obviously we've had a lot of people leave this industry this year and they've been, you know, we've had a changeover going, but this year lost a lot, um, a lot of brain power gone. Do you think when, as we build up new, new uh, employment in this industry that we'll, we'll have a different kind of people coming in and looking at things with a fresh eye or differently? And is that good? <laughs> to a certain degree, I think that's going to happen, but, but to a certain degree, I think some of the people that have left the industry will also come back because let's face it, this is a, 
boom and bust industry. And right. um, while, while this down cycle is probably more challenging than what we've ever seen before, uh, I, I still believe in, in this industry going forward. I still think that we will see another up cycle and, and hopefully that will bring some of our colleagues back again to our industry because we need them. As you said, there's, there's a lot of very, very smart and experienced people who have left and they've left too early. I mean, they're not ready to retire. Right. So I really hope that you can see a, a balance going forward where you, you know, you attract uh, uh, a different, different types of people, but you also get some of the existing people back again. And I, I truly think that's going to happen. Right. And obviously the issue of getting the message out from the industry, always, always a big one. Um, you know, are we working together? Do you think we're, coming together a little bit better and telling the story of um, what we're doing right instead of letting everybody tell us what we're doing wrong here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot of pressure on our industry and um, uh, in terms of, you know, all the bad stuff that we're doing and the carbon footprint that we're leaving and, and that kind of stuff. But that's why I, you know, answered your first question in a way that, well, let's not forget that, that our industry is also doing a lot of positive uh, or, or we have a very positive impact on the world. So um, I think there's there's a balance there, and, and I think we as executives within Ola Gas, we, we shouldn't be ashamed about what we're doing. And then now we have an even greater challenge that we have to overcome, and that's obviously the environment. And uh, I think the best way to, to overcome that challenge for the future is to collaborate. I think, as you know, some of these old companies have deep pockets, and uh, putting some, some money aside to R&D for, you know, as I said, carbon capture and storage. Great way to, to secure that we still can continue to produce oil and gas, but in a cleaner and greener way than what we do today. Okay. And I'll just finally just ask you, I mean, what, what do you see for TGS going forward in the future? I mean, are you excited about the future for your company? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a balancing act. You know, it's, it's tough times. It's really tough times. And obviously, you know, I... I, I would probably smile more if, if the market was better and the oil price was 90. But I think, um, you know, some people say you should never uh, waste the down cycle. I mean, there, sometimes that's, that's when you have opportunities to do the smart things. Uh, I think there's a lot of, of interesting R&D projects going on in our company right now. Mm -hmm. I think we've, we've made some significant uh, uh, positive moves in terms of, of new technologies over the past year or so. So there's a lot to be excited about. But again, I, I still I still have to admit that I, I wish the oil price was twice what it is today. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're not alone in that. Okay, well, Christian, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. And we really appreciate all your insights. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me. Great, thank thanks. you.